What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. As of December 20th, 2022, the United States police uh, forces had shot 1,060 people to death. In 2021, 1,055 people were shot to death by police in the U.S. Many of these stolen lives were never known about or hashtagged or said in the streets. Many of their families, most of their families, grieved in silence and solitude. In addition to killing us, law enforcement serves as a militarized occupying army in our communities and neighborhoods. They harm us in a myriad of ways that go unnoticed and under like racially profiling, sexually assaulting, and wrongfully incarcerating our people. If we don't know what's happening, then we can't fight back. We can't adequately organize a response. So, every week on Law and Disorder, we kick off our Thursdays with a roundup of news related to state terror. We hope this segment serves to expose, agitate, and build. This is the State Terror Roundup for the week of January 23rd, 2023. And more evidence that we, the people, are impacting this country's narrative about what is and what is not public safety. President Joe Biden told a group of United States mayors that police should let psychologists handle domestic violence cases. But, and this is a big but, Biden reiterated he doesn't want to defund the police. The problem with that, of course, Mr. Biden, is that if you don't defund the police, there's no money to pay for alternative responders. Because in every municipality in this country, law enforcement holds the lion's share of the city budget that could pay for these programs. Which is also, while many of us have chosen to just create the programs ourselves, shout out mental health first. Anywho, Biden said last week on Friday, quote, you know, when a cop turns up in a domestic violence case or someone's standing on an edge of a bridge, they don't need a cop, they need a psychologist with them. Biden went on to comment on use of force practices saying, quote, when I was coming up as a kid, cops were required to learn to shoot to kill. Well, you ought to be able to shoot to stop, end quote. Well, President Biden, maybe don't shoot at all, but I suppose this is the start. Keep pressing people, they won't admit it, but we are winning. The police fired back, quote, former VP Joe Biden's suggestion, I call him the president, is it former VP Joe Biden's suggestion that cops should shoot someone in the leg if they're coming at them is insulting and demonstrates his incompetence and inability to understand the grave dangerous cops face as they protect the public and themselves from violent, heartless criminals. Read black people. The Detectives Endowment Association responded on Twitter. Well, what about the grave dangers to the public the police pose? The people certainly did not kill over a thousand cops last year. And those, y'all, are the straight up facts. Source, Washington Examiner. Continuing on the disappointment train, three black mayors, Karen Bass in Los Angeles, Eric Adams of New York, and Sylvester Turner from Houston went on ABC's This Week to, wait for it, decry the defund movement. According to these mayors, black people actually want the police. They just want fair policing. What the hell is fair policing? I'm going to push back on that a bit and say something that as an organizer in South Central, Karen Bass should know black folks don't actually want the police. They want to be safe. And the second they understand or better yet witness that safety, real safety, can happen without a bloated police budget or a badge and a gun. They, too, are screaming defund and defund now with the best of them. These same mayors, though, pulled the Biden line. It's almost like there was a coordinated strategy here and said, we need to refund social services and deal with the burgeoning crisis like homelessness. Well, mayors, I look forward to seeing your revenue generation plan, because if you ain't going to defund the police, you are most certainly going to need one. 
Dozens of prisoners incarcerated in Texas Department Criminal of Criminal Justice jails have entered the second week of a hunger strike in protest of the state holding thousands of inmates indefinitely in solitary confinement. Inmates across the Texas prison system have refused food since January 10th, opposing the state's brutal practice of keeping them in isolation, in some cases for decades. TDCJ officials claim 72 prisoners initiated the hunger strike and only 38 are still refusing food. However, advocacy groups in touch with the striking prisoners say at least 138 folks are on strike. Three months prior to the strike, the inmates involved presented the prison authorities with a list of written complaints and demands outlining the injustice many were subjected to. In the document, inmates say they were suffering, quote, deprivations of our senses, inhumane treatment and conditions, and long-term mental, physical, and emotional harm, which endure long after release and cannot be undone, end quote. The main demand is to replace the current Texas policy of putting prisoners into solitary confinement based on supposed gang affiliation with a, quote, behavioral-based system to address the behavior of individuals. Only those who engage in serious rule violations should be placed in restrictive housing, end quote. I would say no one should be placed in restrictive housing because why, y'all? Solitary confinement is torture. Solitary confinement is torture. Solitary confinement is torture. Source, Trevin, Trevin Austin, World Socialist website. Oklahoma State Police are investigating the fatal shooting of a Sudanese worker by local police officers at a pork processing plant earlier this month. The union, which represents workers at the plant, has called for an immediate federal investigation into the January 9th fatal shooting of the worker, 26, by Guyman City Police while he was working at the Seaboard Foods pork processing plant. According to the union, uh, the worker was a Sudanese refugee who immigrated to the United States with his family on the night of the shooting. Police arrived at the plant to answer a call about a disgruntled employee, the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation said. As the officers were speaking to the worker, he produced a knife and started to advance towards them. That's what they say. The cops say after they attempted to de-escalate the situation, um, officers used a taser to stun him. The taser did not stop his advancement, the cops said, so an officer pulled his gun and shot him because, yeah, what else were they going to do? The worker was rushed to the hospital where he died. A worker who's asked to remain anonymous told the Guardian newspaper that, quote, I witnessed the entire thing from when they started arguing with him until he was shot. He had a company-issued band cutter in his hand. When the police got to the plant, the guy was already working, minding his own business, end quote. The union alleges that police escalated the situation. Policing at its finest, y'all. Source, CBS News. A call for justice. Uh, protesters demanding something be done after a video shows a Butler Township police officer striking Latinka Hancock several times. And it all started over a slice of cheese at the McDonald's on York Common. Quote, black people, black women are out here and they're scared of the police, end quote, said a protester. Community members of Dayton prayed and asked for justice for Hancock, a woman in the video who was punched three times in the head and face by a Butler Township police officer. Butler Township cops told, uh, uh, excuse me, Butler Township cops Todd Stanley and Tim Zellers arrived on reports that Hancock trespassed on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. She waited for police to arrive and explained her order was incorrect, but things escalated as they do when cops arrived when she refused to give officers her first and last name for a trespass notice. Quote, I am angry about the fact that even if she was wrong, okay, there is a procedure that the police have on their books and how they handle this type of situation. They violated that procedure, end quote, said Donald Dominic, chairman of the Dayton Black Panther Party. 
Zellers is still on the job, but Stanley is on administrative leave. During a news conference on Wednesday, Police Chief John Porter shared that Stanley is only on administrative leave because of the public outcry. No doubt about that. Source 24-7 now. And in another state terror case stalled under the regime of San Francisco District Attorney Brooke Jenkins, supporters of Sean Moore's family and advocates for police accountability gathered at the Bryant Street Courthouse last Friday, hoping the day had come when the case against Moore's killer, Officer Kenneth Cha, would finally proceed. Surprise, surprise, no such luck. Officer Cha, responding to a noise complaint in 2017, shot an unarmed Moore on the doorstep of his own home. Moore, who later ended up in uh, prison, died there in 2020 of complications from his gunshot wounds. The city paid out a $3.25 million settlement to Moore's family. Quote, there is no justice, end quote. One woman shouted as Moore's family and supporters left the courtroom. No, ma'am, there is not. Source, Eleni Balakrishnan, Mission Local. By the by, y'all, Mission Local does some excellent reporting. I would say the best in the Bay Area, outside of this show, of course. This has been the State Terror Roundup for the week of January 13th, 20, excuse me, January 23rd, 2023. State Terror Roundup soundtrack provided by Coffee Brown, an Oakland musician, singer, and songwriter who's been a force in the Bay Area's hip-hop and soul scene since the early 1990s. You can check her out at kofybrown.com, and her website and socials are linked from our site at kpfa.org. Shout out to my producer, Jesse Strauss, for curating the content for this segment. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox 5. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam. <laughs>